Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome, everybody, to the Mike Avenue Show. Today is Thursday, December 14th, 2023. I'm zipping through this because we've got so many topics to get to. I am your host, of course, Mike Avenue, sitting alongside my main man, Pop Tibiasi. And, man, there are so many things we could get to, Pop. Let's just get right into it. Uh, big press conference today. Shohei Otani introduced to Dodger Media. I know that this is a decision that you felt was going to happen. Very interesting deal structure. Ten years, seven hundred million, but it's backloaded. You know, the guy is playing for what, like a million or two million a year or something for the next like nine years, ten years, and he gets everything at the very end. It almost seems like cheating for the Dodgers, man. Congratulations oh. for Dodger Blue to, to to get him and to be so innovative with the contracts. Well, it's six hundred and eighty million dollars deferred, and he was the one that suggested that they do it. And that means that they pay him on the back end just like they had to pay Manny Ramirez for a $50 million deal that they had with him for a two-year situation. Right. You know, but it, it's it's smart money, though. It's You, you got to do what you got to do to build your teams up. If you just hand a guy $700 million, now we really don't have nothing to play with. It would have been Otani in the farm. Um, I don't feel like you know, the Dodgers are doing anybody dirty or anything because that's how these deals are going to be for everybody moving forward. Yeah, look, I think uh, I think you make a good point because it, you know what this tells me? It tells me that Shohei Otani wants to win. Yes. You know, he wants and look, man, let's face it. You know, you can have very, 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 very high quality of living on a couple million bucks a year. You know, Six hundred eighty million is almost like a gross amount. Like, it's it's ridiculous. Like, there's it gets to a point where, you know, you could only eat so much lobster, you know, and fly to so many places, and have a big house. You know, having ten of everything, you know, doesn't necessarily improve your quality of life. Like, there's like a threshold. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you know, I just need X amount to to live like the rich lifestyle. But every hundred billion above it, it's kind of unnecessary. You know what I mean? Like, it, like a hundred million is is plenty. He's going to be getting seven times that. He don't he don't mind getting the fruits of his labor like that then because it's not like his lifestyle is going to be hurting at all now. He wants to win, and to me, I think that's the most impressive thing about all this. He left Anaheim. For L.A. because they are a winner. That really is the message here. One team knows how to win. The other team sucks. Feel sorry for you Angel fans, but that's the reality of it. He was playing alongside the best player in the world for the last decade, and he still moved on from him. Says a lot, Pop. And it says another thing, too. He played yeah. with Albert Pujols, too. Instant Hall of Famer, Auto Hall of Famer. Right. 
the Angels wasted pot, the uh, Hall of Fame line, uh, Hall of Fame two three, uh, two three four. It, period. It's an absolute shame what the Angels are right now. But as I said before, the Angels aren't a team that are a star driven team. They're a team that has to have a couple guys on the farm and some journeymen. That's how that's the angels for you. Yeah, I mean, but look, at one point, I mean, they have a pretty nice team. Now, granted, a lot of them came up through the organization, but I remember the days of like Garrett Anderson and Tim Salmon and Jim Edmonds and and uh, those yeah. guys. I mean, they're, they, I mean, they're one world up. series. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I mean, but look, uh, I, you make an interesting point about Albert Pools. And I'm just but, speculating. I'm just speculating here. I'm just throwing this out. But let's keep it real. Just real quick. Kid? Okay. Just real quick. We know Albert Pujols uh, robbed the bank with the Angels as well, too. He was really oh, on the dark side of his career. That's of why course. the Cardinals refused to sign him to, to any monster contract. The Cardinals want to get a discounted contract from him, knowing that they found this Dominican kid in the 50th round. Well, look, I think they made a big mistake in not re-signing Albert Pujols. I think he made a big mistake I do, in taking the deal with taking the deal with the Angels. But what I was gonna what I was gonna say is this: Do you think because Shohei Otani was a teammate with him, you think it's possible that they kind of had like a conversation, like, "Hey, Big Al, you played with this team and you played with that team. I know you had a short stint with the Dodgers. What are your impressions of the organization?" Talk to me man to man, just between us. You think that conversation maybe happened? I know that conversation happened. Right. I know it happened, without a doubt. You know what I mean? And I know Paul said, world class, baby, world class, top of the line, top of the line. You know yeah, you'd have to think so, right? I mean, they were teammates for, what, three three seasons, two seasons, whatever it was? About two. Yeah, so, I mean... So, I mean, uh, and obviously, here's the thing about Shohei Otani that I love. I could tell that he's, he kind of reminds me of Peyton Manning in that you could tell that he's got a lot of respect for the history of the game. Now, Peyton, obviously, it's because he lived with it because his father played. So he was kind of like, you know, born with football and knew about all the players from Archie Manning all the way through Jim Plunkett and the Raiders and Kenny Stabler to Terry Bradshaw, to Dan Marino in Montana. Like, you could tell the way he talks about those guys and how he looks up to them and how he looks up to Marino, that he had a very, very uh, reverential, a lot of reverence for the guys that led the path to him to take the baton, him and, you know, ended up being Brady and Aaron Rodgers. I think Shohei Otani has even a greater respect for the game of baseball. I think he absolutely values an opinion from Albert Pujols. He understands Albert Pujols' place in history. And I think, like you said, to get advice from Albert Pujols, you're getting advice from somebody who is a world champ, who was with a first-class organization with the Cardinals. So he's got a lot of perspective. Now he's played with both L.A. teams. And I think Shohei Itani's kind of looking at it from a legacy perspective. Aside from just winning, but, like, there's only a couple of teams that lift up your legacy. If you go to the Yankees, right, like Soto is going to be a big deal, especially if he rakes. 
is going to be a much bigger deal in New York than with the Padres. And I think the Red Sox are one of those teams that are legacy building. And I think the Dodgers are. I think if you have a chance to play for any of those three teams, whatever you do will be amplified. I think that has a lot to do with how he looks at baseball in America. You know, he's probably heard a lot about the Dodgers since he was a kid. Just the way it is, man. What are your thoughts about that? The historical aspect. Well, you so heavy. Well, you're really heavy on Albert Pujols. I know who really brought it home. Hideo Nomo, man. Hideo Nomo was was Hideo uh, Nomo mania. That's all I got to say. Nomo mania was bigger than anything Shotani did in the last few years. That was the summer. That was nuts. He was on the Dodgers. Are they friends? friends? Do you like? Do you know if they actually have a relationship, or you kind of speculate? I would think that idol, uh, idol that played for the Dodgers, the Dodgers would bring out all the stops and say, "Hey, let's go get the video of Hideo Nelmo telling you how great the Dodgers are, and show a picture of Hideo Nelmo Mania as well, too." You know what I mean? And that's a lot to play up to because now we got Showmania. And um, I think that what Shotani did was he was able to bring in the fact that the Dodgers are about to make a mass import of a lot of Japanese players. Let's just keep it real. Well, I let's talk about the next guy then. I feel Yamamoto is on the way. Okay, so let's talk about the next guy then. See, so the Giants, they made their counter move. And they signed some slugger from the uh, KBO, the Korean League. Now, apparently, this guy is like an MVP type hitter over there. You know, he's 25 years old, but he's batted 300 every year. He won the MVP, led the league at home runs. He, has, uh, he had a three, 340 batting average. And Giants gave him a cool 100 mil over six seasons, I believe. So now, where do the Giants go? Did they go after the big pitcher? Because you can't let the Dodgers get all of them, right? Or do the Dodgers get them? How do you think this is going to shape out? Because it sounded like that other guy, I'm not even going to bother. What's his name? Yamamoto? Uh, yes. I, I, I thought I heard him saying that he definitely wants to play with a Japanese player. And so that kind of gives you an indication that, you know, you got Senga with the Mets. You know, you got uh, Shohei, obviously. Uh, those are the biggest, probably two Japanese players that are playing here now. Kind of think advantage Dodgers. Uh, what are you hearing? What are you thinking? What are you saying? Well, I think that the Giants really just wanted to be a part of the mix since they missed missed on um, Judge last year. They had to bring in a hitter, so they felt like they got the best hitter on the market in Jung Hu Shu. So. I think that that's a good move for them, but the Giants are really – I'm not going to say the Giants are far away because they were right there in the mix to win the uh, West and everything last year. But the Giants just aren't attractive right now, man. They got a real city problem right now. And I think that that's something that is kind of affecting things because that's what Shotani said. He said that he didn't sign with the Giants because San Francisco didn't look too too nice to him. You know, Buster Posey just uh, validated what you just said, too. He said the same thing. Yeah. There's shit all over the place in San Francisco. It's a mess. Yeah. 
Yep. Yep. And then you got Yamamoto. It's it's a, another Hideo Nomo situation. When was you born? Hideo Nomo, the story ran for 10 years in the ja Japan after Hideo Nomo Mania. And that, no, everybody, that was the standard of what you needed to be. Then Ichiro came on and really took it to the next level. So right. the Dodgers right. and Mariners are always the teams that they're looking at. You know what I mean? The Dodgers established themselves first in Japan as well, too. That's why it wasn't hard to get uh, um, Shotani to come. And it won't be hard to bring Yamamoto because now you have the money money to bring him. But I wouldn't overspend on him. Well, there is one more destination that I think is a possibility. And I'm going to sound a little bit biased here. But the Red Sox do have the biggest. Did they get a meeting? Y'all got a meeting? <laughs> You know, I, I look, uh, here's the thing. They got the biggest hitting import from Japan last season. He had a good season. He likes Boston, apparently. And so if you look at Nomo, the other team that he's famous with is with the Red Sox, right? Like the Dodgers is the main team, obviously. That's what I remember him as. But if you want to add a secondary team, you know, it would be Boston. And so there's that possibility, that angle as well, because the Red Sox now have to counter. The Yankees move with Soto, and let's face it, the Red Sox get a D minus this free agency period, maybe even an F. They have not had a splash at all. Maybe, just maybe, they're saving up their money, saving all their bullets for this cap. What do you think? Well, from what I'm hearing from my little birdie, that Boston, they want Yamamoto, but they're willing to build with the farm right now. Because they saw what the Orioles have done, what the Rays have done, and they want to build within the farm as well, too. They got players, and, you know, they just got rid of Verdugo, but they got rid of Verdugo because they didn't want to pay him later on. We know that. So they had a good deal from New York to bring in a bunch of minor leaguers, and I think that's where their focus is at. But they're still deep sea diving. You know, it's not like they're not going to deep sea dive because they still want to be playoff, a playoff ring or bust. You know what I mean? That's it. That's it. That's what you got to be. You got to stay always competing with the Yankees. But I don't think that they want to compete with the Yankees from a view of we, we're competing with the Yankees to where we're going to go match arms for arms. Like, we're not going to go out and go crazy and be like, go bring us Wander Franco. You know what I mean? No, they're not going to do that. Okay, so let's so let's uh, wrap wrap things up when it comes to Shohei Otani and talk about what are the expectations. Now, obviously, he's not going to be pitching this uh, upcoming season, but I think, and it's just me. I know this is a different day and age of baseball where you know guys play 120 games and BS like that. But this guy is really well conditioned. I mean, he played two positions. Major leagues didn't take a lot of time off. You know, he'll pitch, he'll DH in the same game, or he'll hit for himself in the same game. And the next mm -hmm. game, he'll hit also. I, I mean, if I'm Dave Roberts, I want to get every penny's worth. I, I haven't played 162 games. He's definitely in shape to do it. Obviously, when he needs a breather, you give him a breather, you give him a day off, scheduled day off or whatever. But I would load this guy up. That's what I, I would do. That I think that's pretty much what's in the contract that he'll play every game as long as he's healthy. See, the Angels used to do a lot of babysitting. 
Oh, don't play him. Oh, don't play him. Oh, don't play him. He just pitched last night. Don't play him. No, man. He, the guy wants to play every day. That's why he pitches and hits. So I think that the the Dodgers, as long as things are going smoothly, everything should be good. But what you expect from Otani is, is to be the guy that gets them going in the playoffs. They didn't bring Otani in to be a great regular season player. They brought Otani in to be a playoff uh, menace. Because it seems like the bigger the stakes, the bigger the moment, the better Otani is, and that's exactly why they over why they paid all that money for him. It's true, but we don't know how he'll perform in the playoffs because we haven't seen it. Right, but that's what it's about. Because can you trust Mookie and Freddie last two years? No. So now let's bring in Otani. Now we got three of y'all, and we really ain't got no excuses no more. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to go to bat for Mookie uh, and, and Freeman, but more so even Mookie, because, you know, I saw what he did with the Red Sox in the postseason play. But Freddie as well, he's got a lot of experience in the postseason. I think what we saw, though, um, was those guys putting a lot of pressure on themselves, because let's face it, they were far and away the best players on the team, you know. And yeah, you have like Will Smith and some of those other guys, but. They, they almost felt like they have to carry the team. We don't have it. Hey, Mookie, we don't have any pitching. The lineup isn't super deep. We need you and Freddie to come through big time. And I think it was just too much for two people to shoulder. And I think that this move really helps balance out that lineup even that much more so to have that left-handed power, a league leader in home run type power, an MVP type power, to a lineup that already has MVPs. I mean, it's kind of like a murderer's row in the middle there. I don't think that any team can can match it. Uh, not even like Jordan Alvarez and, and the, the guys, Tucker in, in Houston, Altuve. But uh, I don't think that any team can match. It. Not even Aaron Judge and Soto and company in terms of quality of hitters. Like these guys can hit home runs. And also win batting titles. We're talking mm. about rare breed of hitters here between Mookie Freeman and Shohei Otani. Mm. And it's very LA of them too, right? You know, like, oh, we're LA, we're diverse. So we got a black guy, we got a white guy, we got a Japanese guy, you know, and it, it's like, it's not a coincidence. Like, these guys aren't on the Brewers. This is LA, we get the best guys. We are like the Lakers in that we pursue championships. And, right. I, and I, think, I think that's what they're trying to build on, man. And, um, yeah, I, I think ultimately, yes, they want him for the playoffs. But let's face it, man. The top jersey sales in the 48 hours after Otani signed, the jersey sales topped Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo's first 48 hours after they signed. Nobody has even like come close to Otani. And that's what they're going to get in terms of ratings and fanfare from Japan. The value of the Dodgers franchise, even after shelling out $700 million when all is said and done, has just gone up, brother. It has gone up in a big, big way. Um, let's, let's stop there. Take a quick time out. We'll come back. Talk more MLB, get to some NBA and NFL right after this. 
Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. Voiceamerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. We're just talking about showing you, Tommy. This guy truly is a global superstar, man. You know, I think just to expand on, on what, what we were just talking about, the the Japanese have ev like the country stops for every single event of Shohei Otani. Like they all watch it, regardless of what time of day or night it is. It's a big deal. They, they how many how many reporters are assigned from Japan to cover Shohei Otani? There's like a bunch. I don't even know the number. But it's more than any other player that in the major leagues has, you know, uh, covering him. And I'll tell you one more thing, Pop. This is kind of interesting. This is how big Shohei Otani is, okay? Yesterday, FS1 had some kind of, uh, like, one-on-one with Shohei Otani. And they also, like, uh, followed him, you know, to Japan and did some of the interviews out there talking to people that know him. So apparently there's this kid, this guy named, uh, his last name is Verlander. He's a reporter. And he was assigned to cover Atani because this American, his sole focus is on Shohei Atani. And he went to Japan to do this story. They treated him like he's royalty. That's how big Otani is. It's kind of like you're assigned to him from America. Man, 
you are a fav- our favorite reporter ever from America. And he got assigned this like high status to the point that the Nippon Ham Giants asked him to take part in their batting practice. This guy's just a reporter. And he is like, it was then that it hit me how big Shohei Otani is. If I can be big at Japan because of Shohei Otani, that tells you something about how big that guy is. And, uh, you know, that, that really uh, drove home the point for, for me more so than anything else. Uh, Dave Roberts right now, folks, is uh, talking with Harold Reynolds on the air. Obviously, we're focused on the show here, but there'll probably be repeats throughout the day and the weekend. Uh, did you catch the press conference, Pop? And if so, did you catch any of Dave Roberts' comments? Man, I I was watching the press conference, but I was more watching what Otani was talking about. I really don't right. need to hear it. I know Dave Roberts is going to say he's going to be a great addition to the team. He's going to be great. He's going to be good. I'm glad to have him. Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, all that good stuff. But at the end of Man- the day. Manager Dave, talk. Huh? Manager talk. Yeah, manager talk. But at the end of the day, Dave, I think that we're at the point in time now where we supplied you with enough to where you know what time it is. It's ringer bus, bro. Yeah, so but you know you what I want Huh? Yeah, but but you know what I would want to hear from Dave Roberts? I would want to hear how do you plan to use him on the base pass? Is he going to be stealing 20, 30 bases? Or are you going to slow his roll on that? Are you going to preserve his knees? Do you want him just to hit home runs? That's kind of what I want to hear because Shohei Otani is like one of those guys that kind of sounds like he doesn't want to be reined in. He wants to be let loose. Right. And you if know, I he, give you $700 like, million, dollars, you do what you want, man. What the hell is all this uh, holding you back stuff? Well, it's kind of like, um, you know, like always with uh, quarterbacks, right? Especially black quarterbacks, right? Oh, we need him to be a pocket passer. We want him to run less. And not just black guys. Also, uh, Josh Allen, too, uh, to a lesser extent. But it's always like wanting to you know, save his legs, you know, and slide and get out of bounds. Right. Don't go for the extra yards. You're like completely opposite of the rest of the guys on the field. You know, get us every inch, grind it out, you know. And for these guys, it's like they rein them in, right? We don't want you to get hurt. And so they really treat them like they push their foot around with them, you know. And I, I understand the desire for that. But it really, I think it limits some of these guys' games. And it almost makes them have to take a pause for one split second and think about it. And the reality is you don't want them to think. You want them to do what's natural, you know? And I think Otani is one of those guys that is, he just doesn't want to be restricted in any way, you know? And proof of that is he didn't want to do the conventional thing, which is to just pitch or to just hit. He doesn't want to be reined in. So we'll be, we'll, we'll be interested to see kind of like how he'll be utilized. I still have some questions about the lineup because, you know, Betts is going to lead off Otani in the two-hole, Freddie Freeman three. But beyond that, you can have Will Smith and Max Muncy and James Altman. You like it, that bottom part of the lineup? It's a lot of strikeouts in there. 
Well, you know what, man? At the end of the day, they're not done bringing people in. We got to see what goes on during spring training. Dave Roberts is not confirmed what the lineup is going to be. And what about the pitching staff? We saw, oh, obviously, yeah, a, lot, a lot of losses. And after, you know, you, have, you, you lost Walker Buehler, and Clayton Kershaw was excellent when he played, but he was on the DL a lot. And by the time they got to the playoffs, they were shot. You know, um, if they don't get Yamamoto, is this a team that's just going to leave the league at runs and uh, get bounced? I don't know, man. What you call it? You know, we, we had a good enough pitching staff last year to win 100 games and get to the playoffs. You know, like, what, 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 what more do people want from the Dodgers? Seriously. Like, they, you know what the Dodgers have, Mike. They have well, a rotation right, the that they can put together. They have yeah, a, but they you have know a batting the order they guys. can put together. We've been yeah. winning for the last 12 years, bro. We'll be fine. He's going to add in something, and we have big expectations for Shohei Otani. Everybody else going to do what they do. Shohei just no, adds on to what we do. What more do you want from them? What, what more we want is for them to beat the Diamondbacks, at least. Well, see, this is, that, is where we, why does everybody got to get so petty about the Dodgers? At least we're making the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, Diamondbacks, you had a good little run. You beat us. Good for you. You're not going to do it next year. Because I think it's one of those things where they it's kind of like the Braves of the 90s. It's like, all right, are you going to be that team that gets there like 12 times and just wins once? And let's face it, man. I'd rather be like that there, than be, be the world, bro. Well, huh? I 100%, 100% agree, but guess what? <laughs> the Dodgers have as many world titles as the Royals in the last 10 years. Yeah. That's, that's the crazy thing about it. And I think that's kind of why, you know, they come, They you know, there's a lot of scrutiny with the Dodgers. And they the Royals didn't spend nearly as much as the Dodgers to be able to get that one ring. And let's face it, man, they're always going to have an asterisk next to that championship because of the year that they did it in. Yeah, you know? it makes people. I know it makes people sleep better at night. It's all good, man. Because if it's anybody yeah, but, else, they oh yeah, the Rays they won that ring, man. They had a parade, they had everything. You know what I mean? But it's, it's well, the Dodgers, so it's the asterisk. Well, I think people just they just want to see those guys win a championship in the traditional one sixty two. But because they haven't were we done not so in the best time. team in baseball. But were we not the best team in baseball? Not last okay, season. we were the best team in baseball, so we won the World Series. Yeah, well, I think you know what I'm talking about. They're always going to get scrutiny for that until they are able to. I understand, but you know what? If you ain't got no rings, it don't matter. You ain't got no rings. We got seven of them already. So, okay, yeah, one one looks a little funny, but don't worry. The Dodgers are about to win five of them for you, Mike, okay? We'll see, man. I'm I'm not totally convinced about the bottom part of the lineup. I'm not convinced about their pitching. But look, let's, let's switch score it up, up, baby. Come on, let's switch it up. You know, they're going to score enough brother, runs to win that division. They're going to score know. enough runs to win the division. I I don't doubt that. I feel you. I know everybody mad at the Dodgers for getting Otani. I know they all wanted him to go where where they wanted him to go. Toronto, uh, Seattle. So I knew he do. wasn't going to Toronto. So because no. if Seattle and Toronto do it, then what a beautiful deal. What a beautiful everything. The Dodgers do it. It's public enemy number one, bro. It's, it's all good. We know Let what time it something. is. Let me tell you something. You don't send a free agent to Toronto as an agent unless you don't have very many options. 
Right. Why do I say that? Because the Canadian dollar is already like uh, like 89 or 90 percent of the U.S. dollar. So right away, you're going to take a 10 percent haircut on your income. And then the Canadian taxation is like Democrat on steroids taxation. Like you would have to he would probably give up 60 percent of his money between the dollar conversion and the taxation, the Canadian rate. So like it was 700 million would effectively be like 300 million, mm. right? And yeah. let's face it, the agent's gonna get a percentage of that number and uh, he'd like to make a percentage of, of 700, a lot more, and it's more than double. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that, uh, especially because we got so many conversations to, uh, to Topics. We running out of show, to. brother. You, you, we make it into Showtani show right now. Uh, but you know what, man? He's uh, like you said. He's, he's on ten channels, and uh, uh, hey, it's a big deal. But I can move on though. <laughs> okay, let's 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 talk Draymond Green. Let's talk Draymond. Let's talk Draymond. That's very important, right? That's very What's his problem. <laughs> I don't know. What's his problem? Look, it, it's like he was problem. already suspended three games earlier this season. Like, what's like the dude just ha- is like, I don't care. Mike, let's keep it real. You play basketball before things happen, bro. And I know it looked like he did it on purpose, but you know what? He spun around and he spun around a bit too fast. And you know what? He connected with the guy's jaw. You, but I'm <laughs> so you're giving real it with the spin. You're giving me the spin excuse. He spun a deck to guy. Look, but this is my point, though, Mike. NBA teams need to be a little bit more harder, bro. That was soft. I don't care. If I'm on the Suns, you punch my teammate out like that, Draymond, we fighting, bro. It's a melee on the court. I don't care. The Suns was, I will say, I don't want to say it, but uh, we'll say uh, in emoji terms, they was the kitty with the heart on it. Yeah, but look, here's here's my thing about it. You know, like how an NBA head coach will manage a situation once somebody gets in foul trouble? Sure, it's terrible. And the instruction to the player is always going to be, you know, uh, don't commit this type of foul since you're in foul trouble and only commit this type of foul if you're going to have to. Uh, you know, and you could probably talk more details about the circumstances than I can. But you, but Draymond, I think, is kind of like on a game-wide, don't do anything to get the boot, right? It's almost like he enters the game in foul trouble. You know, I, I would have to think that that's the conversation. Like, hey, man, we, we don't want you to get the boot. You don't want you to get ejected. But this ejection, it doesn't have an end date. So ultimately, yeah, you want your team to be hard. But you want to be on the team. Right, but I just didn't respect what the Suns did. You let your boy get knocked out. Yeah, nobody well, ran up. Nobody did nothing. Like uh, I understand, don't nobody want to get suspended and everything. But geez, Louise, bro, help you. Oh, I agree. He just got knocked out. Right. Well, that's that's on the other side of things, and I hundred percent agree with you. Right. Man, and Draymond, Draymond's biggest problem is that his coaches is is doesn't know how to check him. His coach is always thinking about the good old days and the 90s and everything like that, and it ain't the 90s no more because they don't have Draymond's uh, uh, the last of a dying breed. 
There's only like three of them in the league now that play like that, where they play to high intensity basketball, uh, basketball to the point to where they're talking trash. You know, say I'll punch you out in the, uh, in the uh, tunnel if I have to. That's going right. All these guys are very look. There was a video out the other night uh, after Giannis drops the sixty four. He gets kind of he uh, the guy makes sure he doesn't drop him. And his brother tries to run onto the court. He gets held back, but it was the fakest run off runoff I've ever seen in my life. Like, bro, you just did that because you're his brother, and that's what you're there for is to make sure that nobody beats up Giannis. You know what I mean? But at the same time, too, you don't have a guaranteed contract, so just don't be running on courts. Well, let's let's talk about Giannis for a second before we get to the commercial break. I'm glad you brought him up because he had a pretty crazy game yesterday. Um you know, it was high, very high-scoring affair in last night's ball game. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, it was kind of interesting because I guess apparently there was a rookie who scored his first point in the NBA, and Otani had set the Bucks record for most points in Bucks history, and obviously okay. they got a pretty good history involving Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So anytime you know Giannis gets uh, that type of record, it's meaningful. Who gets the game ball? Well, I guess, I guess the game ball was taken away, even though it, in theory, sh- should be honest. I mean, at least it's uh, they're the home team and stuff. Well, there was a dust up in the process of retrieving it, and Giannis himself was involved, and he doesn't know if he got the real game ball or not. But I'll tell you. But the reason I'm bringing it up is this. I don't really care who gets the game ball. I guess it should go to probably Giannis. It's a historical moment. It's pretty cool. Ultimately, he's going to give the ball to his mom anyways. But the professionalism that he demonstrated and how he handled it in the press conference, A+. And that's one of the reasons I love Giannis. He handled it like a pro, man. He said, I don't know who's got the ball. And at this point, I don't care. I'm going to celebrate like this was the winning ball, the 50, the 58 point ball. And we'll go from there. Now, the reality of it is I played this game for 35 minutes. I got a feel for the ball. I don't think the one I have is the right one. And we'll leave it there. Super professional, man. Well, I'm going to keep it real with you. Rick okay. Carlisle looked like a damn fool last night asking that, saying that that boy needed the ball. Yeah, you scored one point, but you played five minutes of basketball, buddy. No. Right. No, no, no. I've never seen that in my life. I don't care. Let's stop doing this pageantry stuff. Stop. Stop it. Yeah. It was almost stop like they were treating that. it stop like more nothing. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, it was almost like they were, they were like dealing with it like a player's first base hit. He was being salty last night. He wasn't trying to get nobody a ball. He was just being goofy last night. And that's why the GM got his rib damn near broke last night because y'all was being silly. You know what I mean? Because right. he's still salty about losing the end season uh, tournament or whatever. You could take right. all the balls you wanted to when you were in Vegas. Absolutely. So let's take a time out on that note. We'll come back, talk a little Florida State and NFL. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at the Show.com. Now, back to this week's program. So we just left. We just left off talking about uh, Giannis and the professionalism that he demonstrated when it came to dealing with the sought-after game ball. Uh, let's talk about another situation and professionalism. Florida State—they didn't get the news that they wanted to hear, and it sucks because they were on paper. Very, 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 very worthy of being in the college football playoff. But they didn't make it. And some say, well, it's because they lost their quarterback. So are we saying that an injury to a player punishes the 99 other guys on the team? Uh, How do you feel about it? Because there was some animosity and maybe a little bit of lack of professionalism and how it was handled by Florida State as a university. But I, but I kind of understand it, too. What do you think? Well, Florida State just got with the Big 12 guy for years. You know what I mean? Every time the team wasn't named Texas or Oklahoma, they got left out. Think about that. And it's just really a sign of the times that the ACC has became a bad conference. You know, when you don't have Clemson competing the way that they did, when North Carolina fell off the way that they did, and the losses that they had, like, you know, Miami losing to Georgia Tech. And Georgia Tech was a terrible team at the time, too, when they beat them. They became better as it went along. But I'm just saying that there were so many bad losses behind it, but that doesn't give them any excuse to leave Florida State out at the end of the day. I think so that who should have been left out? 
Yeah, so they should have been put in. You know what I mean? Because okay, it doesn't really matter about who, who, who's who's the team that they would have to leave out then. Alabama. It wasn't hard. Alabama lost to Texas. It don't matter that they beat Georgia because if you're not going to let Georgia in, you can't let Alabama in. They neither one gets in. And I tried to tell everybody that that hey, if we have a situation where Georgia loses and they get kind of knocked out, then you can't award Alabama. Alabama lost to Texas, so that makes sense. Both of y'all are out. We can't play favorites with everyone. You got to have a SEC team. No, you got to teach the SEC a lesson that you're not going to keep playing us with four teams, bro. They had a well, horrible it depends. They had a horrible kinda, season. They didn't right, play but, well against any Big Ten team, big-time team. They did not. Only Georgia played nobody. And the only top 10 team Alabama played, they lost to them. Everybody else who played the uh, top 10 teams, they lost to them. That were out of their conference. But, but, Pop, it depends on what the goal is. Is the goal to get the best four teams? Or is the goal actually to get the best ratings and, you know, TV money? Well, if, t- if TV owns the uh, bowl series, then I guess it's for the best uh, TV ratings then. But the traditional way is both of them are out. That's how you decide it. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think we're 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 kind of deceived. You know, I think we're told, oh, the playoff is to get the best four teams and all. No. I don't think so, man. I don't think so. It's basically Alabama has a huge following, and you could tie up a whole big segment of America if you include Alabama in there. And that's the honest truth of it, man. And I think that's why if it's close, if it's a photo finish, if it's a close contest. They're always going to give it to Alabama, Georgia, and some of those SEC teams. No, that's why Alabama's got a four-game like playoff. Alabama, right. like Baffert at the Triple Crown, you're not going to keep him out. Right. You know what I mean? Because he brings he brings the horses to the yard. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, be realistic. You can leave them out for one time. It's called teaching a lesson. What, Alabama was going to sue the NCAA for leaving them out? As many things as they say they want to do. That's what Florida State's wanting to do. They're they're talking about suing. May it ain't gonna succeed, but Florida State is talking about suing. I truly felt that they needed to do a play-in. That's what I felt like. I said, Texas, Alabama, let's do it again. Play in. Well, look, look at how much time is 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 between the last game on the playing field. And the bowl games, especially the big ones, they got plenty of time to have another round or two. And don't give me this business about oh well, they the players have finals. BS, man. BS about this finals stuff. They're all doing it online. They all have tutors. You know, they all get a lot of help. It's not about that. I, I really think if they could find a way to do it, that's the only way to satisfy everybody else. I get that you want to keep it like short and sweet so to speak and make the the four you know the final four really really like a uh special thing but i think there's an appetite for more you know i think there's probably an appetite for 16 down to eight then down to four and so uh i agree with you i think that's the only way is you have some kind of play-ins or expanded playoff format you could still have a lot of intrigue all over the country 
you could actually get more intrigue and buy opinions throughout the country because then you give a better chance to those teams like a Utah, you know, when Utah's good or, 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 you know, maybe a couple of teams from, from Texas, Oklahoma area, Oklahoma state area, you know, that type of thing. So yeah, man, I agree with you on that. Uh, keeping it moving though. Uh, speaking of other championships, not necessarily the championship that we traditionally think about, but the Lakers did win the end season tournament soccer style format mid season. Where, where do they hang up that banner? You put it right next to all the world championships. You put it in a separate area. Do you even put one up at all? Like I could understand the Clippers putting it up because they have empty rafters. Right. But the Lakers, is it almost embarrassing for them to hoist that thing? Or what what are you, what are your thoughts about this? Man? Well, the Lakers are about to be forced to put it up because the NBA is forced them to put it up. The NBA wants to sell that thing hard. You know what I mean? And the Lakers have put it up somewhere over by the uh retired jerseys. Something like that. By the Kings jer- banners. You know, yeah, that's I, mean, I see it. Yeah, I, I, I kind of think that it's cool and it turned up a, a lot more intriguing and exciting than I had anticipated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, it ain't the real championship. Let's face it. You know, it's right. not like and the winning Lakers an know. NBA title. Right, the Lakers know this, but guess what? If your Kings would have won it, Mike, you'd have been over here like, I can't wait till we go to the parade next week. Well, Y'all I, I, don't I don't know about all that. Stuff for the next three I weeks. don't know about all that. But look, the Kings haven't won nothing, so they'll take it. That's for damn sure. Right. You know? So Lakers, it's funny. The Lakers can't see. The Lakers' expectations are so much higher than everybody else's in the NBA. Well, the, the Lakers, Lakers and the Celtics, Celtics the, the Lakers and the Celtics are well, the Yankees well, of basketball. Right. right? But we got to stop the, living off rings from 30 years ago, bro. They haven't won that many rings lately. Either or. They've won them, but 10 years ago, 15 years. I mean, look, look, these, you know, the, they could still hang their coattails on the uh, uh, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce time period. It wasn't that long ago. And obviously Kobe wasn't that long ago. How, what, how long does that license last to be able to kind of ride on those coattails? The last you know, I think, I think uh, here's the thing. I think if it's if it's you know, Milwaukee Bucks or San Antonio Spurs or any other teams, you don't. It doesn't last that long. But when you have whatever it is, you know, fifty championships each, fifty plus, then yeah, you you can you can extend it out a little bit because you know it's going to happen again. Whereas some of these other franchises, no, you don't know if it's ever going to happen again. It might not. So I would I would give I would give them the liberty to uh, be able to you know incorporate those championships for as long as they want. That's my and same thing with the Yankees, right? The reality of it, the Yankees haven't won since two thousand and nine. That ain't that long ago compared to a lot of other franchises. And right. I hate the Yankees, but I think that they have a license to be able to flaunt it because they got a quarter of the World Series championships in history have been won by the Yankees. I would probably say, what, 50% of the NBA championships have been won by either Boston or L.A. 
if it's not 50%, it's probably pretty darn close. So uh, that's kind of my, my take on that one. But we're getting close, speaking of close, to closing the show. And uh, we haven't really got a chance to talk much NFL game tonight. Very lackluster edition of the Chargers and the Raiders rivalry. You know, you don't have any real quarterbacks that are playing. Even Josh Jacobs ain't playing. Only thing I want to bring up about this one is, let's face it, man, the Chargers had some high hopes going into this year. I know you had some high hopes for them. Their head coach has got to be bounced, right? He's fired. He's done. And he's got to be preseason status right now, brother. Yeah, I think I, I think he's got. I think he's got to go. Evaluations of who's getting cut and who's staying on the roster for uh, spring for the spring ball. A hundred percent agree with you, Matt. Yep, that's what so, we're doing right now. We evaluate exactly. who's here and who ain't over here. Exactly. Now I'm guessing that you're kind of enjoying this uh, lull by the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, you enjoying their, uh, you know, kind of like not meeting expectations the last couple of weeks, taking these L's. I think they're going to write the ship. I'm not too worried about them. You know, they've been saying they're going to write the ship since the Lions game. I've not seen, I've not seen the Kansas City Chiefs that everybody has fell in love with over the last five years. Well, I would say this: I think their drops are a big problem. Yep, I think they got to fix that because. It seems like a lot of them also have been drops for first downs, keep drives alive. But, man, this offsides penalty was pretty ridiculous. Was he offsides? Yeah, he was. But that offsides as a penalty is kind of like a ridiculous concept. And I think that's why Mahomes was mad. Why do I say it's a ridiculous concept? It's because it's really hard to be able to all line up in an exact straight line. It's kind of like a photo finish when the camera angles are off. It has, if it's not at the wire, it's hard to tell where one nose is compared to the other one, especially if the horses are wide apart in the race course. And I think about that as you're lined up trying to be in a straight line. And that's why they do get assistance from the refs. Hey, am I behind the first down marker or the, the chains, but line of scrimmage? And they get assistance from them. So for them to affect the outcome of the game, literally, on a game-winning score, tough tough to swallow, man. So I'm, I'm in agreement with those guys. Unfortunately, Pop, we're actually out of time. we got to wrap this show up. So thank you, Voice America. Thank you, Jordan, all the people involved. Thank you to Pop DiBiase, of course, for being my main man. And thank you to you, the listener more than anything else. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.